Do you have symptoms of perimenopause? Do you even know what those symptoms are? So many women suffer with hot flashes, mood changes, body changes, thinking something's wrong with them, but not knowing exactly what it is. Because as a society, we don't talk about it, and usually no one told us what to expect. Our guest today recognized this challenge because of her own experience, and she decided she wanted to change or actually start the conversation around these transitions. Where she chose to have the conversations may surprise you. Hi, I'm Dr. Mitzi Crockover, and welcome to Beyond the Paper Gown. Before we get started, though, I wanted to tell you about a podcast that is also a conversation between two doctors. It's called Is It Serious? Doctors John Luke Neptune and Mark Lewis pull back the curtain on the American healthcare system and answer your health concerns one question at a time. They cover everything from complex health issues to the absurdity of drug commercials. It's part of the Offscript Health Media Network, and we'll put a link to it in our podcast notes. I am with a very special guest today from across the pond. Uh, Leslie Salem is the founder of Over the Bloody Moon, which is a leading menopause support provider based in the UK. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much. Lovely to be with you today. I was immediately struck by the name of your company. So let's just start there. What's with the name? <laughs> Yeah, I get lots of, lots of comments and I wanted to come up with a name that brought a smile to people and started a conversation. And it came to me really quickly. Um, and it's one of those words, bloody doesn't always translate so well in the States. So just in case the listeners are not aware, in the UK, it can be seen as a bit of a blasphemy word, uh, <laughs> but it's also got a sense of humor in it. Um, in that it can be used to emphasize something. So something, you know, if you're over the bloody moon, you could be ecstatic about something, but equally it could be um, construed as sarcastic. And I quite like that in association with menopause because one day you might wake up and feel like, you know, on top of the world and another day you're not having such a good day. Um, so it represents, I suppose, you know, some of the extremes that people might experience in menopause. Uh, but there's also a literal translation in that the menstrual cycle follows the lunar calendar, the moon um, cycle. And so being over the bloody moon relates to the transition of menopause and postmenopause. And I want as an organization to be holding the hands, you know, from the beginning of the journey right through to the other side. Thank you. And let's talk about that. What does your company do? So uh, we primarily uh, um, work in the corporate space. Uh, we are one of the UK's leading menopause support providers, but we are a company that has been created with a social heart. So all of our paid for services, um, twenty-five to 30% of that goes straight back into supporting our community, providing them with uh, free resources. So uh, so it's it's a business that's very much based on, you know, giving back to the community. Um, we do a lot of outreach work as well with charities um, and different organisations for people who don't normally have access to good quality information and, and, and trusted um, resources. 
I want to get back to that because you also do some education in schools, which I find fascinating um, and really groundbreaking. But I want to roll back to what you said, because I want the listeners to understand, and again, most of the listeners are coming from the United States, where menopause is maybe just being recognized. Um, and you know, I think that there's a groundswell of people wanting to talk about it and, and finally being able to. But I find it really interesting that you have targeted your market at the corporate level. And I would think that people might be surprised to hear that employers, corporations are making this a priority and are actually spending their resources for it. So talk a little bit about how you came to do that and what has been the reception. I created Over the Bloody Moon because I was one of the 10% of women who it's estimated in the UK are leaving their jobs because of menopause. I came off the pill uh, ironically to balance my hormones and find out whether I was in menopause or not. And for me, uh, all I knew was that menopause equals you, you haven't you don't have a period anymore. I wasn't aware of this stage beforehand, perimenopause. So when I came off it, uh, within a matter of a few months, I was having hot flushes and night sweats, terrible brain fog, and then I started to lose my confidence and then that led to anxiety and stress. And I just had this horrible moment where I was running a workshop and I just completely lost it in front of, you know, a room of 100 clients. And very shortly after that, I handed in my notice. I just felt I wasn't kind of up to the job. And it was really that personal experience, that shock that at 46, I, I, I was unaware of the different stages of menopause. And I didn't know how to spot the signs. Uh, that I felt so compelled to set up a business and ultimately why I've decided to settle in the corporate world because it feels really pertinent to me. Now, in the UK, we have one of the highest female um, representations in the workplace in the world. It's, it's higher than in the States. It's around 75% of women will transition through menopause whilst in some kind of employment. Um, and we're also living in an age of longevity. So women are, are having economically to work longer into their careers. And so menopause very much is a workplace issue because if women are not getting the support that they need um, and they're not thriving and they're not performing or they're choosing not to go for pr promotion or like me, they just decide to you know, walk out without their employer's ever really knowing the real reason why um, it is very much a workplace issue and it's you know an economic issue there is no reason why women sh should not be thriving through their careers in menopause um, the reason that uh, they don't is either they're not aware of it um, they delay getting the right support or management of menopause they don't know where to go to get that support um, uh, and that they're masking it because they are in a culture where it's taboo and our research we just conducted uh, one of the most comprehensive studies in the UK with 
uh, a global data company called Kantar, and it's called Redefining Menopause. And we looked at what was going on in the workplace and out of the workplace. And what we found was that women that talk about menopause more to more networks are much more likely to describe their menopause uh, symptoms as light or not noticeable at all. Whereas the women that are masking it are more likely to feel stressed uh, and that stress exacerbates the symptoms. So they're more likely to describe their menopause symptoms as moderate, severe and even unbearable. So uh, so it, it, it's important in the workplace that we start talking about it. And, you know, it's part of being a woman and, and with the right support, the right management um, and empathy in, by colleagues and appropriate sort of, you know, uh, support, then women thrive and the symptoms, you know, disappear or become a lot more, um, you know, l- less impaired. You know, as I'm hearing you talk about that, um, and maybe again, this is a UK-US thing, and maybe it's because of what you said that you have more women in the workforce and in leadership positions. But one question that I do get when I've talked about what you do, it's like, don't you think that you're singling out women as being disabled or, you know, needing to be coddled? Doesn't that put them at a disadvantage? Or I should say us at at a disadvantage. So it's a really good, yeah, it's a really good question. And we're very careful in the language and the way that we talk about it in every sort of touch point of our services to show the positive side as well. So as I said, if women are able to talk about it, and if they're signposted as soon as they start to get symptoms with the different options, um, women thrive and do really well. So we're not saying um, that this is a disability. We're saying put the resources in start talking about it let women feel open in a safe and protected environment and they will thrive um so you know that that is really important the other point to make is it's not just a women's issue so anybody that's born with female sex characteristics that might be a trans man who's coming off his uh, treatment or it might be a non-binary person you know they will also be affected and also men Uh, may be affected with andropause, which is when testosterone levels drop. And there are uh, over 10 common symptoms that are shared around the midlife um, for both men and women. So actually, women are doing a service by getting this out, because when people are happy, and when people are well, and uh, enhancing their well-being, we, you know, companies benefit from that too. What are some of the services that you provide to the corporations and to their employees? It, it's all it's all wrapped up. Um, so uh, we work with organisations to understand their culture and their demographic profile. Um, the the first starting point is either an awareness workshop for all employees, but sometimes when we're working with organizations that are male dominant, quite male heavy or very uh, masculine kind of leadership culture, command and control kind of uh, culture, we will also offer men only 
sessions, education sessions. And that is also facilitated by uh, men. So they feel more open to ask those questions. No question is a silly question. And, and they can also be less um, or more free to ask those questions where, you know, just in case they're going to offend somebody. I'd love to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, but, but we also feel generally we recommend that it shouldn't be divided by the sexes because that's the whole point when men really listen to people's real stories. Um, they get a sense and understanding and can empathize better. And likewise, women can also understand and appreciate that it might be difficult for a man who doesn't have a body that transitions and changes in a way that a woman's does the first point is about un helping people understand that menopause is different there are so many different um spectrums or, or it's a spectrum of experiences and we also talk about the different types of menopause so uh often people think about it as a midlife uh time but actually you know one in a hundred people will experience that under the age of 40, which is uh, premature, um, or early menopause, which is under the age of 45. And also because of medical reasons, either right. somebody might have had their ovaries damaged because of cancer or removed because of prevention for cancer, um, or there's a surgery like a hysterectomy, a womb or ovaries removed. Um, and our research also, I mean, I, I've known this from our community for years, but it was validated in our research that women that go through medically induced menopause have a much tougher time. And so again, this is really important for HR because they might receive uh, a request for somebody to go off and have cancer treatment or a hysterectomy and they're thinking about the length of the treatment and then getting them back into work. But what the person that's going through it and they might not appreciate is that that person will go into instant uh, estrogen withdrawal. And it's very severe. It's very dramatic. Yeah, it's very dramatic. And it's often more symptoms at any one time than a person going through natural menopause. I always talk about for an organization to become menopause friendly, you know, there's different pillars. There's your strategy. Um, then there are the, um, uh, you know, the systems, um, the policy, the recording of metrics, whether someone is, you know, why they're really sick and why they're really leaving, um, employee satisfaction, etc. Um, and then you've got um, uh, the the training, which is is really critical because that is about how you have people in your business that are you know on the front line they're there for people that are directly impacted by menopause and they can offer early intervention and they also are really mindful and going around internally to make sure that other people are avoiding things like banter that might actually be inappropriate um, and then finally the we work in partnership with other respected specialists to provide support. Have you had a chance to uh, review any results or outcomes? 
Yeah, so we're working at the moment, we're working with different organisations to look at their baseline uh, KPIs. Anecdotally, we know that it's opening up conversation. And also, um, as I said, the the Menopause Mentors are an accredited training programme. We are seeing within a matter of weeks, um, uh, they're reporting back to us that there is a cultural shift, that more people are coming forward asking for help. So um, so it's in progress because I do like data. In America and, and, and across the, the world, populations are aging. So this should make a lot of sense. But we also have a very much a um, embedded youth culture. And, you know, there is ageism and nobody wants to think about themselves as aging. Is that a barrier to you that you've had to to deal with? Yeah. So, um, so when we are going into tech companies or companies with a younger profile, you know, we say, look, it's going to happen to some of your colleagues directly, but it, it's going to impact on everybody because at one stage of someone's life, you know, they they will either be in a partnership with someone, or they will know somebody that might be having a tough time um, or might just want to be able to talk about it. Something that in this age of longevity, everybody is going to know about. Um, So don't be on the back foot. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we'll find out that it's never too early to talk about menopause and the impact that those conversations can have on families. Hi, welcome back to Beyond the Paper Gown. We're talking with Leslie Salem, founder of Over the Bloody Moon, a menopause support organization. So let's talk about those programs that you are doing in schools. And from what I can see, because I follow you on social media, they're very well received. And you make it a point to make sure that boys and girls are part of that conversation. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, I've got three teenage daughters uh, who are 19, 17 and 15. Um, And I, you know, I want them to be educated about menopause. And about two years ago, um, uh, well, September 2019, uh, there was a a campaigning uh, that was spearheaded by a lady called Diane Danzebrink, who did an amazing job um, in the UK government to get them to introduce menopause in the secondary school national curriculum. We have uh, two topics, um, uh, uh, PSHE and and RSHE, which is like relationship, sex and health education. And fertility, you know, is covered. Sexual kind of, you know, activity is covered. Um, So in September 2019, menopause was added into that conversation. Um, However, a year ago, I was, you know, looking at this, I'm thinking I'm running all of these sessions. I quite like to go into my kids' schools and do, you know, sort of a version for kids. Um, and I thought, I'd just see, you know, who's who's doing it. You know, there's obviously um, organisations for all matter of topics. Um, and I, I just was really surprised. There was no one was doing anything in this space. So um, I am very, very lucky in that uh, I... Uh, I have two fantastic 
volunteer platforms that I use, Reach Volunteering and Matchable Volunteering, because uh, we operate as a social enterprise. And so it's given me access to an amazing team of volunteers who are really the engine behind uh, Over the Bloody Moon. And so together with the, the team, we co-created a lesson plan, different lesson plans, a toolkit and different workshops that fitted with either 40 minute or 60 minute lessons um, that were tailored cognitively to the children that we were teaching by year group and also to connect and be integrated with the lessons that they were having for their age group, you know, also that were um, associated um, with with menopause. Um, and I've loved it. It's it it's the one place that constantly brings me to tears because mm. after I run it, the kids kind of come up and they start to tell me stories. Uh, you know, there was one um, girl who came up a couple of months ago and um, I actually ran in the school a series of different workshops for the uh, for the children but then we ran a parent and um, uh, one for the parents and staff that night and she'd gone home and told her mum to go to the one in the evening and she came I, I went back into the school to run another workshop and she came up to me and she said I just want to thank you you've changed my family's life because wow. my mum I lost her you know for two years she was in a terrible depressed state and she was really scared of hormone replacement therapy and as a result of the session she's now gone to the doctor and she's got some lots of help and I feel like I've got my mum back so thank you and oh god it just makes me want to well up now but you know that's for me that's what this is all about you know I feel like I just want to keep talking about it because you know that this has a very real powerful impact on people's lives you know on on children's lives on partners lives and when you and I were speaking prior to recording, you mentioned that there seems to be this groundswell or menopause movement in the UK. Is that what you were alluding to? Yeah, so people are calling it the menopause revolution, the menopause movement. So um, it's, it's really powerful. Um, in September, a menopause task force was set up uh, by the government um, chaired by Carolyn Harris, who um, we we know and we work with. Um, and so it's her responsibility. She's brought a group of MPs together and other advocates such as, you know, Over the Bloody Moon and other organisations to help address some of the, the key issues that are impacting um, at a societal level. So the Menopause Task Force has got three kind of key pillars. One is education, as in schools, you know, educating our kids so they are aware of it, prepared and can support um, and understand why uh, a mum or auntie might be behaving in the way that they are and sort of uh, get the support that they need as well as the person directly impacted. The second is the healthcare system looking at where the gaps are and the massive failings that are happening right now. So they're looking at that, making sure that healthcare professionals 
have proper training that uh you know two years ago it was taking uh 30 of women three years to get proper correct diagnosis which was costing the nhs billions because you had all these separate symptoms that were actually all to do with menopause and a low estrogen um with one person that was going off to all these different you know specialists um uh being prescribed incorrect things unnecessary tests and, and scans so ultimately there's a whole savings as well um in there um and then the third piece is in the workplace you know is the legislation enough to support people um in the workplace and and how can we better that so um so that's kind of like that's the next really big thing that needs to happen um and uh we've actually uh designed a menopause hot flush vest called menovest uh, which we're going into the houses of parliament in two weeks time so the uh the members of parliament will be able to to try you know try it on and experience what a hot flush is and we're bringing it into the workplace so it's a way of getting the conversation going oh that's terrific what's next for Leslie Salem and for Over the Bloody Moon? So we're doing really well in the UK in the corporate space. We've got amazing clients like Heineken and Procter and & Gamble and Linklaters and Cantor and, you know, every sort of the NHS England, which is our national health service, councils and trusts. So we're working with public and private sector blue chip companies. So I, I want to keep growing. I want my client base to grow and to see every company of a you know a, over a certain size to have a policy in place. Um, and my ambition is is you know we're, we're now working in the states, um, in the US, and I want to grow that as well. So, um, you know, I just want the you know, what we're doing to kind of just keep doing more of it and get um, more companies on, on board um, and understand the very real reason why they need to be investing, which is that they're retaining people, um, they're retaining talent and the knowledge that more balanced uh, gender balanced teams are more productive. Again, your your focus of your business is corporate and, and employer-based, but can individuals access your services and your uh, education? We launched uh, at, at, in May uh, OTBM Club, which stands for Over the Bloody Moon Club. And the idea is that this is is a community we have a Facebook which is at Over the Bloody Moon uh about menopause and then on instagram uh at over the bloody moon um and then so on the website anybody that signs up which is a free subscription and will remain free um there are the four pillars nutrition movement mind um and sleep management and when we can go into that and they can choose their learning preference, whether they want to listen, watch or download and use. Um, and there are all sorts of resources on there. And they can also get access to uh, free one hour virtual um, masterclasses that we run with different experts. Um, and we're working with brands as well that we trust that have got um, evidence behind them. People get access to 
you know, the benefits of discounts and, and things like that. We have also on the website our team of specialists, so people can book in private consults, um, you know, with them uh, on all matter of different things as well. And as you said, this is open to both UK and abroad, so including the United States. Yeah. Great. So as we're wrapping up, what did I not ask you that we should discuss? I think the point that I want to leave listeners with is that menopause should be and can be managed very effectively. So if you're not if you're not doing anything because you think that there's other stuff going on in your life and so you're not sure whether it's hormone or based hormone based go see someone that is a specialist in menopause but also know that this is an amazing time of life. So if you were to ask me, you know, well, Leslie, what what is great about menopause? From my own personal experience and what I've seen from the community is that when people recognise that there is a shift um, and that there is a requirement to prioritise one's needs, um, then... Uh, there is a huge amount of insight and self-discovery that comes with that. I talk about four things for the menopause transition, for happy transition. The first is source. So source into stop trying to block out that voice, whether that be anger, whether that be fear. Um, if it's surrounded by negative emotion, be curious about what that is telling you. And step into it, step into the source and also identify very early on what your superpowers are and what your resources are internally and externally that you know you can draw on or will need to draw upon. The second stage is shedding. And the shedding is getting rid of the things that no longer serve you. That might be people. That might be the rules that I've just mentioned. That might be, um, you know, lifestyle habits. Uh, and, and then the third is shape. So add into your life things that are going to nourish you, but be playful with it. It doesn't mean like you have to commit to something, um, but it's a time, it's a really exciting time because... It's a time when people start to emerge again and uh, they're trying new skills or discovering new talents. It might be a time when somebody shifts careers like me and has, you know, completely retrained and found, you know, new skills and, and new passions. Um, and then the final piece is shine. When you truly emerge from sort of the cocoon and become the butterfly, um, it's about telling your story. It's about letting everyone see your colours um, and the real you. So it's a really liberating time when that happens. You know, if you can navigate that, you are in for an amazing gift. Leslie Salem, you have been an amazing gift for um, coming on today and sharing your insights and your wisdom and your experiences. Leslie Salem, founder of Over the Bloody Moon, thanks again for coming and being with us today. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to catch up again, Mitzi. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. 
it made me think about how we here in the United States could really learn from the serious recognition that menopause is receiving in the UK in terms of changing policies around medical training and access to care, incorporating menopause education in schools, and even making workplaces more menopause-friendly. I'd love to hear what you think as well. You can let us know at beyondthepapergown.com. Thank you for listening.